National Parliament until Hitler came to power. Her mother had been a city councillor, also for the Social Democrats, during East Berlin's brief post-war period of democracy. But East Germany was a communist tyranny now, and Rebecca saw no point in engaging in politics. So she channeled her idealism into teaching, and hoped that the next generation would be less dogmatic, more compassionate, smarter. In the staff room, she checked the emergency timetable on the notice board. Most of her classes were doubled today. Two groups of pupils crammed into one room. Her subject was Russian, but she also had to teach an English class. She did not speak English, though she had picked up a smattering from her British grandmother, Maud, still feisty at seventy. This was the second time Rebecca had been asked to teach an English class, and she began to think about a text. The first time, she had used a leaflet handed out to American soldiers— telling them how to get on with Germans. The pupils had found it hilarious, and they had learned a lot, too. Today, perhaps, she would write on the blackboard the words of a song they knew, such as The Twist, played all the time on American Forces Network Radio, and get them to translate it into German. It would not be a conventional lesson, but it was the best she could do. The school was desperately short of teachers because half the staff had emigrated to West Germany, where salaries were three hundred marks a month higher and people were free. The story was the same in most schools in East Germany, and it was not just teachers. Doctors could double their earnings by moving west. Rebecca's mother, Carla, was head of nursing at a large East Berlin hospital, and she was tearing her hair out at the scarcity of both nurses and doctors. The story was the same in industry and even the armed forces. It was a national crisis. As Rebecca was scribbling the lyrics of The Twist in a notebook, trying to remember the line about My Little Sis, the deputy head came into the staff room. Bernd Helt was probably Rebecca's best friend outside her family. He was a slim, dark-haired man of forty, with a livid scar across his forehead where a shard of flying shrapnel had struck him while he was defending the Seelof Heights in the last days of the war. He taught physics, but he shared Rebecca's interest in Russian literature— and they ate their lunchtime sandwiches together a couple of times a week. "'Listen, everybody,' Bernd said. "'Bad news, I'm afraid. Anselm has left us.' There was a murmur of surprise. Anselm Weber was the head teacher. He was a loyal communist. Heads had to be. But it seemed his principles had been overcome by the appeal of West German prosperity and liberty. Bernd went on. I will be taking his place until a new head can be appointed. Rebecca and every other teacher in the school knew that Bernd himself should have got the job, if ability had been what counted. But Bernd was ruled out because he would not join the Socialist Unity Party, the SED, the Communist Party in all but name. For the same reason, Rebecca would never be a head teacher. Anselm had pleaded with her to join the party, but it was out of the question. For her, it would be like checking herself into a lunatic asylum and pretending all the other inmates were sane. As Bernd detailed the emergency arrangements, Rebecca wondered when the school would get its new head. A year from now? How long would this crisis go on? No one knew. Before the first lesson, she glanced into her pigeonhole, but it was empty. The mail had not yet arrived. Perhaps the postman had gone to West Germany, too. The letter that would turn her life upside down was still on its way. She taught her first class, discussing the Russian poem 
the bronze horseman, with a large group of seventeen- and eighteen-year-olds. This was a lesson she had given every year since she started teaching. As always, she guided the pupils to the orthodox Soviet analysis, explaining that the conflict between personal interest and public duty was resolved by Pushkin in favor of the public. At lunchtime, she took her sandwich to the head's office and sat down across the big desk from Bernd. She looked at the shelf of cheap pottery busts, Marx, Lenin, and East German communist leader Walter Ulbricht. Bernd followed her gaze and smiled. Anselm is a sly one, he said. For years he pretended to be a true believer, and now, zoom, he's off. Aren't you tempted to leave? Rebecca asked Bernd. You're divorced? No children? You have no ties? He looked around, as if wondering whether someone might be listening. Then he shrugged. I've thought about it. Who hasn't?